Welcome into the Husker 24-7 podcast. I am Mike Schaefer, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts here on Wednesday evening. Gentlemen, we heard from Scott Frost on Wednesday. We have a general idea of what this format is going to look like. We know who largely is going to be involved, but let's not bury the lead. The biggest news here, maybe, I don't know, would, eh, we'll, we'll get into a debate on this. Among the biggest news is that we, news is, among the biggest news that we heard this spring, Thomas Fedoni out, suffered a knee injury, severity of it uh, big enough that he will not make the start of the season. Frost holding out hope could be available middle of the year. What was your initial reaction, Brian, to learning uh, about the Thomas Fedoni injury and what it might mean for Nebraska for this upcoming 2021 season? Well, I mean, it absolutely stinks for a guy who, um, you know, worked his tail off and, and enrolled early with every intention of helping the cause right off the bat. And I think he could have in some way. I don't think he was – I think he was the third among the tight ends at this point. I think Austin Allen is clearly number one and Travis Vokalix too. Uh, but he was a guy who, if, you know, he could have got going, I think he could have got some snaps in, made some catches, and, and got some, some confidence out of that. And also it's sort of a – you know, it's one of those blows to the, sort of the fan psyche where there's sort of been – negativity that's hung around the program and you've got this guy who's the top tight end in the country that you get signed and you have him on your campus and everybody's excited to see him on Saturday and and see where that goes and then it's it's just another downer and so uh that 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 stinks I mean the good news is um it sounds like possibly he could if, if the best case scenario holds, he could get back like middle of season. Maybe that's optimistic, but you, you hope that maybe he can even get in at the very end of the year and, and get some game snaps. And I guess, you know, if you want to look at it uh, position group wise, it is a position group where Nebraska at least has some depth to withstand it. Yeah. It, um, I, I would have been curious to see with, a, you know, a full summer, and 15 practices under his belt from the spring. Um, how much more Thomas Fedoni could have entered the conversation, I guess, in fall camp. I think they were going to use him in a different different ways than they would have Vokalek and Allen, just based on the his sky, size and skill set. But yeah, I mean, I think that's a, a position where you know you, you can absorb a, a hit like that. Um, but I, I think you know the bigger impact Brian's right it's more the intangible stuff where you know you go out and you, you beat out everybody for the top player in his position in the country and it's kind of like you you get that shiny new toy on Christmas and there's like a piece missing you know so that that's you know the disappointing part of it but um you know it, it's it's intriguing too with the you know Scott Frost throwing out the you know middle to end of the season that he could potentially return because I mean, if there's anything, you know, about Thomas Fedoni, I mean, he's wired really differently than a lot of guys his age are, you know, football means a ton to him. And if anybody's going to be able to, to work their way back, if it's possible, I mean, I, I would, I would bet on him more than others. That's where the four game red shirt is a carrot too, for a guy like that, you know, where in past years, like 10 years ago, it would just be like, well, we'll see you like, you know, 15 months from now, you know, and that, that absolutely stinks. There is a possibility at least he could say, okay, I could, 
I could maybe help out in November. That it's that's going to be difficult because he's going to have to get fully healthy and then get up to speed where he could actually, you know, jump into a game right off the bat. So that's going to be a tall task. And one of the tough parts is this spring started later. And Scott Frost said this the first practice or whenever we talked to him that that was one concern that if a guy suffers an injury right now, you're uh, you're wedged up much closer to the season than you are some other years. And so that the timetable for recovery isn't as deep. Well, and we're, we're spending time on Fedoni, but Nebraska, uh, you know, according to Scott Frost on Wednesday has suffered quite a few injuries. They're pretty banged up right now. I mean, this is a group that went through spring practice. It seems like they, they went, a little bit harder than maybe what they have in the past. They did that by design and, and guys are, are feeling it a little bit. And so I, I don't know if that takes anybody out of the rotation necessarily, other than maybe a couple running backs on Saturday, but it does seem like it was a point of emphasis that they wanted to, to load up and, and come hard with these guys. And I don't know if that has to do with the, the changes coming down as far as padded practices for the fall, or if it was just simply, this is what we need to do as a program to kind of move forward. But I thought that was sort of interesting. As he explained, they were pretty beat up throughout portions of this spring. And it might explain why when you guys went to some of those early portions or the open practice on Saturday, there was a few pieces missing every now and then. Yeah. He, he kind of said that they did that because they didn't have, you know, a true spring last year. So they felt like they needed to kind of get a lot of that, <laughs> that kind of hitting work done um, this spring um, to kind of make up for that. So, I mean, the, the other part too, I mean, Nebraska finally has the depth where, you know, you, you can have a guy sit out with some bumps and bruises and not feel like you have to completely reconfigure everything. So I think that's another big reason why it's uh, I don't know, like when he said that the, the 43 guys that were on the injury report for various reasons, I mean, it's, it's a spring practice that only Mark banker could love. Boom. Bloodbath. I get it. Bloodbath. I asked you on the board if DiNardo would like it, and you never responded. I'm sure he would. Would he like it as much as his recipe for spaghetti? No, definitely not. But um, he's just stirring the sauce, watching the the, the physical (laughs) practices. There's more vigor when he stirs the sauce when he sees a Nebraska practice like this than in the past. Yeah, you can't can't let that sauce stick, and you can't let guys – just uh, touch off and practice. Yeah, man. Jerry DiNardo, Big Ten tailgate or whatever the hell we call it whenever they show up for for practices. What else kind of stood out for you? Not just this, this Wednesday, but uh, over the last week or so as Nebraska has been kind of ramping up to this big finish here on Saturday. I'll I give got... you one. Go oh, ahead. No, man. Go, go ahead, please. What did you knock? <laughs> We were so, ready to jump off the blocks. Well, our, we might have the same thing. I don't know. But oh. the thing that stood out to me today that was kind of said as an aside, um, maybe not an aside because he was asked specifically, but Nebraska, if they're looking at transfers in, you know, after the, the end of spring ball, Scott Frost said that quarterback might not necessarily be a priority for him. Was that surprising to you guys? No, um, not really, because I think they know, first off, they know how challenging it is. It always sounds good to say, oh, yeah, go go out and, like it's a video game. You're just going to find a guy with some 
high rating or something that that can plug in and he's your number two quarterback ahead of the other guys and he's going to jump ahead of Harburg and Smothers in one month of training and that is possible that can happen uh, but it, it would have to be just the right fit and you would it would have to line up just so you know I, that we, we still kind of have that Joe Burrow situation dancing in our heads a little bit and that was such a once in a not even a decade, like once in a generation or more type of scenario that went against Nebraska. Um, I'm not surprised. I mean, I'm not saying they shouldn't kick the tires if something does pop up that feels just right. And you're like, this guy can fit. He's interested and all that. But I've, I've, I'm never, I was never convinced that that was, that, that can happen. That, that has to be like the perfect math equation to work out for you. And it, it's, it's easier said, said on, you know, a message board or spoken on a thing like this and actually execute. Yeah, I'm, I'm with Brian on it. I I do wonder if it's just something that, you know, you also kind of have to say too, that you, you have two freshmen that are battling that are putting forth their effort. You got a walk on guy. I mean, if they're the right guys available in the portal, I think Nebraska would absolutely kick the tires, but I don't know if it behooves them to come out and say that they're desperately looking for another quarterback. Uh, so I, I think it makes sense for him to say what he did and then whatever happens happens. If the right guy is in there and it's someone that can compete in 2022, give them a little depth here in 2021. I think Nebraska would absolutely make a play for it, but I don't think it's uh, it's a deal where they also have to do it. So they're, they're not, you know, I, they're not in the most dire of situations. And I, I do think that, the way Scott Frost talked about Logan Smothers matters too. And, and uh, people like myself that were kind of beating the drum, that they had to go out and get a quarterback. I mean, one thing to remember how a guy looks early in spring practice versus how he might look at the end of spring ball as it is today, or whether, you know, we want to count Saturday as the end, two different things. This is a learning opportunity for him. He didn't get much of a freshman year. If Logan Smothers is making strides, I think that's a good thing. And, and they're the backup for a reason. You don't have to have them. You don't have to have them uh, ready to go right this second. It's more so uh, down the line that uh, you you want those guys to be ready to go for you. And and if you can avoid an Adrian injury, it may not matter in 2021. If Adrian gets hurt, you're in a pickle either way. I mean, you could go get a guy and you're, you still have no idea if he can deliver in this type of situation at this level. You don't just like, you won't know if like Harvard or Smothers is up to it until they're actually thrown in that situation. So, uh, I mean a lot, no matter what they do, it's, there's just so much riding on Adrian staying healthy. They very much are in the same situation. It feels like to me as they were in 2018, I guess, when remember Adrian got hurt the first week and we were like, Oh my goodness, is he going to be out all year? And we're going to, we thought Andrew Bunch might be the QB for an entire season. And so they're just going to have to, I think, hope for the best on that. The other thing that I, I was going to say, actually, um, is Damian Daniels. I don't know if you saw him, Bruns, today. Yeah. But, you know, we've made so much about this guy getting conditioned. And he get, every time he's up there, the poor guy gets asked about his nickname being Snacks, you know. Um, Which and it's he not was, anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even miss, I missed that part. Is that what he said? It, he said on that video that Nebraska released it. It's, it's like D boogie. Now snacks okay. is dead. He's done with snacks. Snacks Enough. is dead. Long live snacks. Good. Good for him for taking a stand on that. Cause he was getting asked about it every time. And it was getting a little over the top. 
At one point in his career, he was 340 pounds. He's 315 right now, and he's lost 15 pounds this offseason, and he looks good. Like, when you I stand next to him, I, he looks, like, leaned out, and I think he kind of put that narrative to bed a little bit last year, especially in the Iowa game where he played, like, 40 or 50 snaps, and he might be ready to take the next step. So, I mean, I know he's a guy who we he's been around, and so he's not as fun to talk about, the older guys, but – I, I think he uh, he could be poised for something by the looks of things. I don't want to I don't want to give it away, but there's no way Damian Daniels isn't in the top four of the most important Huskers for me if we're doing that list later this year. So I mean that guy, the role that he plays on this team, uh, his value. I, I love what BC's saying about him trimming up a little bit. I mean, if there's a jump for him to make, I think it's going to take Nebraska's defense to a little bit of a different level than we've seen so far because I, I think the biggest piece that they had to come together started with Darian Daniels. He got better play in the middle. And I think it only continued with Damian Daniels in that defensive line last year. And so if they can make a jump as a unit. That's going to help the defense overall. Yeah. I, I, I was, I'll, I'll agree with Brian. I mean, I seen him in person and even, you know, when we got to see him in this, in the open practice, I mean, he, he does look like a, physically different player than he has. And I, I think that, you know, it, if, if fans haven't seen pictures of him or, you know, video of him from anything in, in fall or in spring ball so far, I mean, that, that's going to be something that I think will stand out right away about him um, on Saturday. Dalton yeah. Feist also got to mention uh, as a walk-on who sounds like he might be in the top six or so for the rotation on the D-line. He's from UTAN, so that was interesting today. Very nice. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll dive into some of who are the recruits that cannot visit with the staff. Hell, Ryan Hell won't even wave to him on Saturday. He's not taking any chances, but there will be some recruits at the stadium. We'll dive into some of those names next here on the Husker 24-7 podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law All right, welcome back. Once again, same names that you know and love. Mike Schaefer, Michael Brunts, Ryan Christofferson here with Husker 24-7. I mentioned right before we took that break, we wanted to dive into a little bit of the recruiting stuff. Nebraska, I don't have an approximate number because I don't have a final list of sorts, if you will, but Nebraska is going to have double-digit kids in the stadium that have offers, that have interests, that uh, are committed or could potentially be committed. And I, uh, I am surprised. I will take the L on this. I was very doubtful that they were going to get this many people 
to show up, especially in a situation in which they weren't going to be able to spend time with the staff, largely what they can do. They can come here beforehand, walk around the facilities outside the stadium, or excuse me, walk around the stadium and, and see campus. Uh, they can go into the stadium. They can do whatever they want um, in the public areas of the stadium. That's largely it. And so I didn't think they would have that many guys show up. And yet they have some key players, whether it's MJ Morris quarterback out of Atlanta, the two guys from Hayes, Kansas, Ernest Hausman already committed coming over from Columbus. You've got Landon Sampson coming from Texas. You have Chris McClellan coming from Oklahoma, defensive lineman, four-star guy who's moving up a lot of boards in the country. Quentin Conley, wide receiver, tight end from Kansas City. Number of guys coming in, um, Valen Erickson, offensive lineman from Illinois. So they're going to have these guys on campus, and that says nothing. I, I forgot a name, Reese Mooney, 2023 quarterback. There's going to be some uh, at least one guy, maybe some more with Reese Mooney as well. They're going to have some players coming in. Are you guys surprised that this has turned into a little bit of a visit uh, visit opportunity? Because I I downplayed it, and I admit I was wrong. And and Nebraska has done a nice job because they clearly sold some kids on, hey, come check out this spring game. Come be around these fans. This is what it's like, and this is what we want it to be like moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I'm a little surprised. At the same time, I mean, I think – you know, the, I, my sense is that a lot of recruits are really itching to get out and, and really itching to go see places. And, you know, I think Nebraska, you know, obviously they can't give them a ticket. They can't, they can't even set it aside for them, um, you know, to, to buy it. So, you know, I, I think they did a pretty nice job of kind of selling what that atmosphere is going to be like. I mean, the Nebraska's spring game anyways in a regular year is kind of something to behold just with the uh, you know the number of people you have in stands and even at you know 50 percent capacity I still think it's going to be something to to behold so they've done a nice job I mean I, I I'll be curious to see you know if guys more guys show up I mean it, it could be one of those things where Nebraska kind of has an idea but you know a guy shows up and, and buys a ticket and shows up for uh for Saturday so hopefully uh you know, they're able to kind of set the table for June and, and beyond. But, um, you know, it, it, the thing I'm interested in is kind of what they're going to be able to do from a, you know, they, they can't host a barbecue or, or really even see the guys. But, you know, can they do a FaceTime call and take them in the locker room? Can they, you know, have some, some kind of video presentation, something that kind of ropes those guys in? I, that 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 is, I, I think, will be – the, the real challenge for the staff and, and kind of maximizing those guys being on campus in any way they can. Yeah. I, I think you guys covered that pretty well. I, I didn't expect it. So, uh, you know, kudos, kudos to Nebraska that they have the relationships with those guys that they want to do it. Um, Ryan held, I know I'm going to put something on the board here soon, but, uh, he was talking about recruiting this cycle, and he said what we've talked about on the show before is that even though last year was in the heart of the COVID situation, this year is much more difficult cycle for coaches because of the late jump. And he already told his wife, uh, don't plan on hearing from me in June. You know, I mean, that's June is just going to be nuts. And if they could at least uh, set the table – uh, here in May with maybe a couple guys raise their hands, uh, all the better. 
And uh, I don't know that that's the question I to swing it forward. I would ask if if you think if you think we could have a couple pop this weekend or not. Yeah, I think it I think it could go that route. I mean, I first I want to say that's pretty ballsy of Ryan Held, who has uh, two young children now, to basically just say, "Hey, I'll see you in late July." <laughs> but uh, well, you know, good on him to to try to pull that off. But um, from there, I, I think this weekend could be really fruitful, both in the short term and then in the long term. I mean, I look at those two guys from Hayes, Kansas, as um, as interesting as, as anybody Nebraska has here. I mean, Jaron Canick has blown up across the country, and it's not a surprise. I mean, I, I know that we've talked about him and Gavin Myers on this show before, but if you just took a few minutes to watch his film and then you see what he's doing in the the track season and then you can find some pretty easy comps uh of other midwest guys that are of similar size and and their ability to play and he's someone that can be on the offensive side on the defensive side it's not a surprise to me that he started to pop up as more and more coaches get access to that film and then they're able to put the track measurables behind it and give themselves some real speed to utilize for a small town kansas kid so for nebraska to have built the relationship that they have with him, I think it's huge. And then of course the, the ACE card that they're holding is, I think they're the favorite for Gavin Myers. By the time this posts, there's probably going to be a new crystal ball prediction for him. We'll put it that way. So I think Nebraska is in a good spot. You guys, they're going to have official visits in the beginning of June. They're both really excited to see Nebraska for the first time. And I, I think that's going well. You have MJ Morris quarterback from Atlanta. Uh, I wrote about Nebraska's quarterback board. It's really hard to size up right now, but I, you know, I mentioned this in 2019, they had a number of guys and they were willing to take the first one that uh, of a small group that was ready to commit. And that might be the case here. And with MJ Morris in a situation where Florida state's off the board, uh, Stanford is, is a team that he liked, but it looks like they're off the board. It comes down to Nebraska, NC state and Georgia tech and Nebraska has got the last visit. And he, you know, we know the family really likes Scott Frost. They're not going to be able to meet Scott Frost on the weekend. Uh, but Nebraska has done a nice job in terms of recruiting him. Now, MJ Morris is a little bit different than AJ Bianco or, or from, um, you know, Richard Torres. But I, I think that if Nebraska can get a commitment from one of those three, they're just going to take it and Connor Harrell. So one of the four. And so that could set up pretty well. Reese Mooney, 2023 quarterback is going to be here. That looks like that could be something potentially fruitful uh, in the near term. We'll see how that plays out. And then I think to keep an eye on someone like Landon Sampson, the wide receiver out of Texas, and Quentin Conley, wide receiver tight end out of Kansas City, Nebraska, if they push for those guys. I don't think they have a lot of spots left for wide receivers. And Victor Jones has caught some attention at 24-7 sports. I know talking to Bud Elliott and to Andrew Ivins, when they saw him in an Orlando camp here a couple weekends ago, he really stood out and, and they felt like, we got to re-rate this kid and we got to keep an eye on him moving forward. And so I don't know if, if Nebraska is going to have to mess around long at wide receiver is what I'm saying. So there's, there's a number of these guys that are going to be here this weekend where maybe it doesn't happen immediately on Saturday or on Sunday or Monday, but it could be sort of the step in the right direction. And in particular, those two kids in Kansas, I think this is a really important day on Saturday. And I know they're not going to spend time around the coaches, but I think just getting there and seeing what that stadium's like, and we've all been to Bill Snyder Family Stadium, it's just different. There's a difference between Manhattan and Lincoln, and I think they're going to see that on Saturday, and I think that could play a big role 
for Gavin Myers and Jaron Canick moving forward. There's more nice. car. There's more car keys at, at Bill Snyder Family Stadium. They love their car keys and their. Uh, they do. Uh, what? That's another Wildcat first down. Yeah, and the growl. And every the- I think every school does that with the Wildcat. The wow. Penn State. I feel like if you already have the Wildcat name, you might as well just go with the growl because you've already just adopted the most common name. So why not just continue it? Penn State was doing it after every out when Nebraska played up there a couple weeks ago. We don't even know what noises Nittany Lions make. I have a good idea. No, you don't. You know what the artificial I heard it. I heard it 27 times a game, so. It's a lot of outs. Um, all right. Uh, do you from that group is there a, is there a target that interests you the most? We'll finish with that. Uh, I mean, I'm I'm intrigued by the the quarterback position. Um, you know, I, I think you look at Reese Mooney. I mean, I think Nebraska's. I mean, that's not breaking news. I think is in a pretty good spot to get him. Um, but I mean, I in 2022. I don't know. I mean, the, the fact that Florida State filled up at, at quarterback today um, is noteworthy, I think. Um, you know, MJ Morris is, you know, you've written about him and people in our network have interviewed, you know, him about his relationship with Scott Frost. And, and you know, I, I think that's really important. But, you know, it's it seems like a situation where Nebraska could potentially, you know, wrap up two classes worth of quarterbacks recruiting pretty quick here. Um, and I don't, that's that, that's not really a uh, stretch there, is it? No, I don't. I don't think so at all. I don't think. Uh, I don't think that's a stretch at all. Because Morris is looking at an early May decision, um, basically after this visit. So um, yeah, I mean, he's down to he's down to four four or five schools, and you know, two of them may not be options. So really, it's three schools. So then it's if Nebraska can do a good enough job, and and they also choose him over some other options and this thing could move really quickly i'll answer the hayes kansas boys i think uh i i just think this is a cycle where you've you've got to nail the that the old uh 500 mile radius that we hear all about but um in particular right now i think those are the those are the type of guys where if you could put them in this class pretty early on um that's that's a significant base to build off of. And I know, you know, you see, I confused it too. I'll admit the, the one of them posted himself flying down the track at his size. Jaren and, yeah. And that was, that was something <laughs> like for his size and his speed and the time he put up um, that kid's a freak. I mean, that, that, that kid's got there. Everybody should be after that kid. Um, it, it reminded me a little bit of like years back, Nate Gary, when he was up in South Dakota and he was on the track and just ripping people to shreds. And you, you're like, this kid's just different, you know? And so I, I think he's one of those type of guys. I completely agree. All right. Well, Hey, if people want more spring football coverage, they can certainly come to Husker 24-7. We're going to have plenty of recruiting coverage. We're going to have plenty of game day coverage. We are going to have stuff for everyone at Husker 24-7. Be sure to check that out. You got a great deal going on right now. You can save some money on an annual subscription. Be sure to check that out when you get over to the site. 
as well. 50% off doesn't get much better than that. We are going to leave, but we're not done for the week. The Hypecast is back. So if you can feel it, it's time to get hyped.